Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how are you doing today? What? Shake and bacon. I am also joined today by someone you've heard us name drop on this show many a time. Uh, Mr. Doc Herbert, former host of the te- of the Platinum Sombrero podcast and current lead guitar player for Happy Got Lucky. Doc, how's it going today? Oh, I am so happy to be here at the Chatting Average podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, we've been hey, meaning to do this for a long time. And and uh, you sent a tweet the other day like, oh, I miss podcasting. And I'm like, yep, now's the time. <laughs> It's it's been uh, you know like we kind of shut it down right uh, right at the beginning of the lockout and then after the lockout ended we just came back and we did one episode and we were like oh yeah by the way we're done and <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it was it was easy during the lockout when you know nothing was happening there were no transactions or anything to obsess over and we're like yeah we'll be fine and truthfully you know the, there is no time to do it but. Um, Man, now that the season has started, you know, once the transaction machine started cranking back up, the Olsen trade, the Freddie deal, that, that whole roster building in a week thing that happened, and it was like, oh, my God, I have no outlet to discuss this. So, yeah, I've missed it a lot. So thank you guys for letting me. Letting <laughs> well, me we are glad here. you're doing it with us, and we've got a lot to talk about. But before we get into it, you guys, got to talk about some people who are bringing this show to you today. First of all, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during this cold and flu season. Just take one scoop in a cup of water every day of Athletic Greens. There is no need for a million pills and supplements for you to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free year's supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you've got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate in daily nutritional insurance. As you also know, we are brought to you by ColorCast. Every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m., you can hear either me or Cam or both live on ColorCast. So it's an audio-only sports talk platform that is free to download and use All you got to do is download ColorCast in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and follow me at Riley's Rakes to be notified when my room goes live. Uh, Again, that is Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. We are going live on ColorCast, so we want all of you to show up and bring with you your spiciest takes. So, this is our first episode since opening day. Guys, we've got baseball back. We 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 didn't even go... Like, think about uh, two months ago. We didn't know baseball was going to be back today. This this is a, a, a really nice place to be. Yeah, you know, our first couple of episodes this season were a little sketchy because we did not know what we were going to talk about. But, to be fair, we did start this podcast during the middle of a pandemic and had to, like, basically make it up on the fly for the first 16 episodes. So, we we, we would have made it. I think maybe <laughs> if 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 you can do a baseball podcast in spring of 2020, you can you can take over the world. There's there is nothing in your way from there on out. Yeah, the timing for you guys was pretty unfortunate, but I think you're right. You would have been able to to weather the storm. But truthfully, you say two months ago, it was it was even one month ago. I mean, it was when things started to look like they were they were brightening up. But I mean, you know, we still 
we're kind of in first baseman limbo even even a month ago you know what we I mean? were was, and, yeah and like they talks started looking like they were going to make some progress and then all of a sudden international draft would come into play and you're like we weren't even talking about this yesterday why are we talking about this just get a deal done for us and but, in, the uh, end, in the end it's crazy that i mean they had to rearrange the schedule but no games will be lost because it seemed it really did seem for a second like even if you lose 10 games it was going to be significant you know, but now just you you keep pushing back that fake deadline. It's like you're still able to make the, the entire season happen. So so I've got an interesting question for you guys. So ultimately, love love or hate the way it happened, the CBA got done in enough time for us to get a hundred and sixty-two game season this year. And then also today we saw that Rob Manfred basically sent a letter of apology to every major league player along with a really nice set of Bose headphones. Um, do you give Rob Manfred any credit for making this happen? Alex, you, uh, you're, you're a sad <laughs> man, right? <clears throat> we, we have discussed the, the, genius show of south park numerous times on yes. this show. heck half of my tweets are south park references do you remember the episode uh where they covered the bp oil spill yes i did in fact do you remember the apology commercials that were in that show we're sorry we're sorry we're so sorry yeah i think that's uh that's apropos for the situation <laughs> So, Cam, I, I for those who don't watch South Park, I have to explain why I hate Cam, especially in this moment, because he has now made me picture Rob Manfred naked on a bearskin rug. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. And and that's 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 something you can never apologize for, Cam. Hey, is that going to be our show art for this week? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be funny if the title says featuring Doc and then the show art is Rob Manfred naked on a bearskin rug. <laughs> That'll just make people want to listen even more. What in the world did they talk about? Like, even I'm intrigued by this. I will say <laughs> I will say this for, for Manfred. Look, he did come out right after, right after the lockout ended and was like, yeah. I Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's turf build a rapid grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down. Okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. I could be publicly did his mea culpa and said, I could be doing a lot better here and was taking steps to meet with players. And now there's this too, you know, I mean, how, how long has he been commissioner at this point? I, I honestly, it's been, we'll just say it's been a decade. That seems somewhere close to right. I don't know. It's better late than never, I guess. I and mean, there's nothing to say that this is going to work. You know what I mean? I'm willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. If he's trying to say like, he wants to have a better relationship with players and avoid a, a subsequent lockout because these are the types of things that wind up on their watch, you know, in the, in the days that leading up to the, the 2016 deadline, it was super tense. It was nowhere near as tense for this one was, but it was like, 
you could kind of get that feeling that there might be this work stoppage and nobody wanted to do that. And then you fast forward five years, it's the exact same thing. And and even, even if we didn't lose any games, it's still like you have to improve the relationship. It can't just be icing somebody out on principle. So uh, a kind of crappy olive branch, but an olive branch nonetheless. He's trying, it seems like. So, you know, if, if it's good or for it, the game, or at, then I'm at the very least trying to create the appearance that he's trying. And and in some cases, you know, we'll we'll see whether there's any meat to that. But well, and, and I, I think too, kind of reiterating what, what you said, Doc, it's nice to see that it does appear that he is actually trying. I think just the unfortunate part about it all is that it took a lockout yeah. for this to actually happen, you know? And, and so the thing that I hope is, well, my, my first immediate thought is that I really hate that it had to go to that extreme for you to actually do what you should have been doing all along. But I, my other thought is that I hope that this isn't just momentary motivation. You know, you think about back to high school where you did really bad on a test, so you studied your butt off for the next test so you could do really well. It shouldn't take the negative reinforcement for you to do something that you should have already been doing. So, Doc, um, we don't we we don't have a ton of musicians on the show, so I want to hear all about Happy Got Lucky. Oh, God. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. Well, no, first of all, Happy did get lucky. Did you see that put on 18? That's ridiculous. What kind of fun house <laughs> tour are they, they having out here? He won that gold jacket fair and square. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? <laughs> um, you know, I always struggle when whenever I had somebody ask me the other day, like, what type of music do you make? And I froze. I'm like, I don't know. It's like, it's all it's all instrumental. It's it's. If you called it electronica, you would be kind of right. If you called it jam rock, you'd be kind of right. Uh, if you called it like progressive mathtronica, you would be kind of right. But you would also be wrong for all of those things. And so it's a weird, um, it's just a, a weird collection of instrumental tunes that me and my buddies Andrew and Charlie made. We were the same band for, we formed in 2005 under the name Random Rabbit and kind of played on and off for years and um, you know, we actually did have some momentum at one point, And then at the worst possible time, I decided I wanted to go back to college and uh, kind of <laughs> de- derailed that. But, uh, you know, I always really liked writing songs and everybody had their own COVID project. So I started um, doing music production. I'd spent so many years sitting behind Andrew and Charlie when they had like their music software open. And I was like staring at the stuff that they would do, I would like record guitar samples and they would tweak them in all these super cool ways. And I'm like, well, I want to do that. So I got the computer and I got the software and, um, you know, now, uh, I just spend four or five nights a week up in the studio that I fashioned for myself, uh, in the upstairs of my house. And it's my favorite thing in the world to do. And I, and as a function of that, I've become a much better musician over the past two years. That's awesome. I've I've seen a couple of your guitar videos and uh guys uh if you haven't found Doc on on Instagram go check out his guitar work it's fun to watch and and speaking of Instagram you telling me about your uh your your musical habits reminded me a little bit of me with with I guess Twitter and podcasting do you remember uh the quote that you put into your story I think it was yesterday or the day before uh, remind me Re- at the moment. I cannot remind me. It was something to the effect of 
we childless old men <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> have a responsibility <laughs> to have all of the fun that the people with kids can't have i must vibe and chill in their honor alex <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> that hit home so hard <laughs> i left i, I, I appreciate uh, your your good work doc Hey man, I I tried, I tried so hard. I wanted to be a dad so bad, and now I'm about to turn forty, and I'm looking at it going, "Oh!" As I sip my beer, man, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, uh, how does it feel to now not be the oldest host on this show? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've I've hosted with Jeff Donahue a number of times, so this is this is nothing new for me. Jeff Donahue, who, as you all may remember, is old enough to be my dad. <laughs> How old are you, Cam? Uh, I am 28. Huh. Yeah, I guess he is. <laughs> He's just a baby. <laughs> he said, I guess he is, yeah. <laughs> Fancy that. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing reverse math in my head. Hey, you know. So how how old is uh is your is your youngin' now, Cam? uh she will be four years old in august drawing dangerous art i hear oh uh for sure uh yeah so uh as you may have seen on the timeline a couple of days ago the uh, friday afternoon she's drawing coloring you know things that toddlers do and i look over and i see hey kiddo what you drawing and she says look daddy it looks dangerous and i said (laughs) what do you mean and she said it looks like me and went back to coloring (laughs) and i have no idea what she meant by that i i I, i'm scared to say i think i know exactly what she meant by that cam and uh you're gonna need to sleep with one eye open for a while oh i'll I'll go ahead and tell you it's not the scariest thing she's ever said the scariest the scariest thing she ever said was i don't know a little over a month ago i'm taking her to bed one night i'm carrying her to her room uh, because she still at least lets me do that every now and then. And uh, out of nowhere, she just says the words, we are destruction. <laughs> <laughs> so much what? To, there's so much to unpack there. What what are what are we destroying? Who is we? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> so first off, we that's scary. That's yeah. terrifying. I think you have to throw the whole child away now. But she's, um, she's built a militia to take you out, Cam. Let me tell you, I I wouldn't put it past her. Okay, <laughs> pretty metal. That yeah, is it's really metal. <laughs> oh, this metal. She's super into Mastodon. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, kids are great. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're into that kind of thing, you know, they yeah. they they seem to give people a whole lot of joy. And you'll the, have and... you'll have your life threatened on a daily basis, but they're great. <laughs> you no, <know? laughs> not it's not great. everyone's child is destruction or part of destruction. The, the grander we that are destruction, right? Exactly. She Man. is not destruction. We <laughs> we are destruction. we together. <laughs> you know what? I might just start. Uh, I might design a shirt for the shop that just says "We are destruction" and just leave it at that. <laughs> I kind of love it. Probably buy that. <laughs> <laughs> just, that might we... be your next band name, Doc. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can write a song called We Are Destruction. Give me 15 minutes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, so many about... power chords. The, the instrumentals, they come together really quickly. You don't have to take time for lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the distort all the I'm, way up. I'm, right. 
I'm just holding out for like what, maybe two or three more years before we can finally have this girl on the show. Oh boy. It's it's that coming is, up, Cam. That is a terrifying thought. <laughs> I've I've already snuck your wife onto the show one time. Now now we gotta get your daughter on here. Yeah, and I still have trust issues with you because of that. <laughs> legitimately the most surprising thing that is listen listen we have had interviews with ben ingram we have had interviews with you know kids making their big league debuts beat reporters everything the fact that you snuck my wife onto this show one time (laughs) without me knowing it was legitimately the most surprising thing that has ever happened on chatting i'm i was quite proud of myself especially having never met your wife (laughs) Yeah, that was even the stranger part. <laughs> anyway, some of my finer work. Well, uh, Cam, what do you say we get into some moments from years past in baseball? Let's do it. All right. We are going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is April 10th through the 16th. Our first fact comes to us from April 10th, 1982. A crowd of 62,443 fans show up with the game time temperature of 38 degrees and a wind chill of 17 to see the Indians drop the season opener to the Rangers 8-3. to The team removed 500 tons of snow from Municipal Stadium before the game. Good God. Lost snow. So, Alex, you went to a a bit of a chilly game a few days ago. Yes. Um, opening day, I, I felt like I was at Wrigley Field in April. It was, it was, it wasn't that cold. It was insanely windy, though. What's the uh, what's the coldest game you guys have ever been to? Um. Oh, with without a doubt, it was opening day at Wrigley Field. Um. In like full winter gear and still had to go buy blankets. Hot chocolate was easily outselling beer that night. Um, God, it was, <laughs> there was, I think there was snow on the ground outside, um, but it was like 30 degrees with 30 mile an hour winds. I think the, co- the coldest game I ever went to, it was, I think it was last year, actually. It was when the Blue Jays were in town. And I just remember, it's not so much that it was cold, just I was cold. And I wound up going and buying one of those blankets from the clubhouse store. And so I, w- I was that dude that had, you know, the hoodie pulled over the top with the hat and the blanket just, you know, full on frozen tundra. It was probably like 51 outside. Uh, it it might have just sucked all the heat out of your body to see how badly the Blue Jays beat us all last year. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I th- I think it was my pride leaving my body. It was why I was no, so cold. N- no team <laughs> owned us last year quite as thoroughly as the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Here, there, and everywhere, we were terrible against Toronto last year. All right, our next fact comes to us from April 12, 2008. The Charleston River Dogs, a Class A minor league affiliate of the Yankees, commemorate the first visit of Benedict XVI to the United States with a Pope on a Rope night promotion. The first 1,000 fans attending the South Atlantic League game against Rome at Joseph P. Riley Jr. Park receive a soap figurine bearing a likeness to the Holy Father. Um... (laughs) 
Hope on a rope, daddy. What? What? <laughs> my my oh, first it's... reaction when you said hope on a rope was this sounds like a gimmick for a really bad like late 80s, early 90s wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. Vince Russo like a... all over this. Sounds yes. like a platinum sombrero fake ad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm utterly shocked you guys never did poke on a rope. Oh my god. Patent pending. Wait, wait, wait. I'm 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 sorry, Cam. Are you saying hope on a rope with an H or Pope with a P? Pope. Oh, it's the, the Pope. Oh. Pope on a rope. I see. Hmm. It is a legit soap carving of a Pope on a rope. Promos can't even keep up anymore. So, so the idea was that these people would get this Pope soap on a rope, and then they would proceed to get in the shower and rub the Pope's face all over their body. <laughs> well, considering oh. it is the the Catholic religion, um, never mind. Go to the next one. <laughs> all right. Our next fight comes to us from the opinion. The opinions expressed in this episode are that of Cam Matthews and not of Chatting Average Podcast LLC. Our next fact comes to us (laughs) from April 14th, 2017. Hank Aaron, who also did the traditional toss for the Braves in the first and last contest at Turner Field, throws the ceremonial first pitch with former longtime manager Bobby Cox serving as the catcher before SunTrust Park's inaugural game. Atlanta outfielder Ender Inciarte records the first out, first hit, first run, and the first home run in the team's 5-2 victory over the Padres in the new ballpark. Five years ago, fellas. It it had to be Ender, didn't it? Well, to be fair, at the time, Ender was still, like, the guy, right? Yeah, there was a time. It's hard to remember now, but there was a time. Was that his all-star year? It was 2017. Was that the year that he was an all-star? And got like two, 200 hits, hit 300 that year, I think? Maybe, most of them were, yeah. Most of them were singles, yeah. He he did have – that was like his – yeah, he was really – And that, that was that a year. gold glove year for him. I mean, he, he had a good like three-year stretch there that was really good and then fell off the face of the earth. Fun fact about the fact that Ender hit the first home run in SunTrust Park history. It's so weird to not refer to it as truest now. But Braves pro- prospect Trey Harris, when he was playing for uh, Missouri in the SEC championship, before Truist was open for Braves baseball, he actually hit a home run uh, in the SEC, uh, some some conference game that was being played back at SunTrust back then. So, huh. fun, fun, How yeah. about that? Yeah, what do you know? interesting and 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 he's uh, ultimately we hope gonna wind up playing there that's kind of crazy it's pretty cool it's it's nuts to think it's only been five years since it opened like how many memories do you have of that stadium in just in the past five years it's you know? it's wild like and and even like who remains from the team five years ago at this point yeah, I, I should have gone back and pulled the uh, the lineup card from that night because I'm sure it would have been shocking. Like what? Dansby uh, was already Dansby? Out. Dansby's got to be the only one. Dansby, I think, is the only Dansby and Snit, right? Was yeah. Snit wasn't manager yet? Yeah, he was. was he? At yes. that point, yeah, yeah, he was. He stepped in that last year at um 
Oh, so whatever, he got the tail the end of the the last year at Turner, and then okay, wild yeah. stuff. I remember things. Freddie and Freddie and Julio were the only ones that survived the the rebuild, and now they're both gone. So, whoa! Did Julio end up signing with anybody, or is he still a free agent? I think he's still a free agent. Bring him home, I, AA. I mean, I Please. there's a there's a part of me that wouldn't hate it. Just strictly for the nostalgia, I'm fine with that. Yeah, or I mean, you know, if you're if you're gonna go a couple of months trying to run a six man rotation. One of the six you have pegged for it probably won't work out, so couldn't hurt to have him, you know, stashed away in Gwinnett. It's got to beat just being a free agent at this point. Man, what a fall. What a fall from grace. I loved Julio Tehran, man. I loved oh, him yeah. so much while he was here. He was – him and Freddie were all we had, and, and most of the time we didn't even have Julio, truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> watch, at least not watch, in the first inning of every start. Watching Ian Anderson anymore, I don't I don't know where you guys are with Ian. I think I'm more bearish on Ian than anybody in British country. He reminds me of Julio Tehran so much. So, so much. I, I hurts, uh, hurts himself more than anything. Yep. And can't get out of the first. Is his own enemy. He is always in hot water. And here's the thing. Ian Anderson, yes, I know he pitched five-plus innings of no-hit ball in the World Series. But if you go back and watch that, that was the most stressful game. You yeah. up you up the temperature like 10 degrees, the Braves lose that game like 16 to 4. He would have got <laughs> The only reason Ian Anderson succeeded is because he grew up in Shenandoah, New York, where it's like 7 degrees year-round. That was his that was his comfort zone. Well, the, said, the, the issue said, with Ian now that I think was the issue with with Tehran is that they're 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 perfectly good starters that that could be on almost any roster, but but you 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 shouldn't look at them as like your one or two guy. Absolutely not. Like they and have to if if they're on your roster and they're a four or five, you have a really good pitching staff. I don't know if either of them can ever be the one or two. And you still have a good pitching staff. There's just something about Ian that I that I always feel like he is two seconds from being in so deep. And and I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, but I drank a little bit, and I don't have a podcast anymore or a brand to defend, so I don't even really care. I actually texted a, bu- a buddy of mine about this six days ago, and I want to go on record as saying I thought – before the season even started, that Kyle Wright would not exceed Ian Anderson's war, but he would double Ian Anderson's war this year. Wow. And, which is a function both of my faith in Kyle and my lack of faith in Ian. Um, I mean, I don't, four games into the season and one appearance for each. I mean, kind of looks like you might be onto something. And it was like. I've and I can I can obviously say this now that that Kyle is going to be you know the next the next Mariano Rivera or whatever and Ian Anderson is Scott Bales or whatever but I, oh, I don't oh, I don't boy. know <laughs> like you know I I just I obviously I want Ian to succeed I just look at him and I'm like he's Julio he can't pitch in the first and then he gets so rattled after what happens in the first that he gets pulled pulled in the fourth this is just how it goes from now on so um, anyway. Got totally, totally off base. Cam, what other facts do you have for us? <laughs> Our final fact. <laughs> I love you, Doc. Our final fact comes to us from April 16th, 1928. 
Braves pitcher Charlie Robertson has his glove removed from the game by umpire Charlie Moran after the Brooklyn Dodgers complain that the ball is acting strangely. The Boston Hurdler still manages to win 3-2. And that's the end of the fact? Yeah, that's the end of the fact. They they took his glove away from him during the middle of the game, and he still won. (laughs) Did they find anything on the glove? The fact does not report. (laughs) Look, look. I present the facts, okay? And if you expect me to do any more homework than what I do currently, (laughs) you are going to have to up my pay, sir. How do you expect to sell t-shirts with facts like that, Cam? (laughs) With my quick wit and good looks, damn it. Oh, we're really screwed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. Hey guys, real quick before we go on to the next segment, want to once again remind you that Chatting Average is brought to you by Athletic Greens. You know, tons of people take a multivitamin and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This 75! A- 75! This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, get on out of here, and no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. Chug it if you have to. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply. Free year. You buy it today, then you'll hear us this time next year talk about it again. You'll have to buy it again. One free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Chatting Average is also brought to you by ColorCast. Guys, you've been on ColorCast with us. We've been on ColorCast with you, and we've had a great time. ColorCast, of course, is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and to use. Hang out with me, Alex, the whole Chatting Average gang, every single Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app, free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join us. Again, that's every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Come have a good good time and bring your spiciest takes. All right, we are back to take a look at the last week in Major League Baseball and specifically for the Braves. In the break, we managed to lose Cam, so hopefully he'll be joining us here shortly. So for now, this is the Average Sombrero podcast uh, with Doc and Alex. Uh, doc something i wanted to bring up in the uh in the the first segment that i'd forgotten about does the name roki sasaki mean anything to you as of recently it does he's doing some pretty unbelievable otani like things right now yes so roki sasaki is a 20 year old pitcher uh in nippon professional baseball in japan uh all he did was 
pitched the first perfect game in NPB since 1994 with 19 strikeouts. I, I, I don't understand how a baseball game could get better than that. That it's, it's regardless of the fact that it wasn't in major league baseball, that had to be one of the best games ever pitched. Absolute dominance. And I think that the pitch count was pretty low. Wasn't his pitch count like 105 or something? Yep. 105 pitches. And at one point during the game, he struck out 13 consecutive batters. What is that? I mean, that's, that's 13 like, in a row. Like, you know, you would hear DeGrom where he would, he would go on, on runs where he would strike out seven or eight guys in a row or something like that. And even that's unheard of, but to string together two extra innings on the backside of that, Sasaki's going to be pitching in the U S sometime in the next couple of years. It, it he'll, has he'll, to he'll happen post. soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just imagine being the guy in the on deck circle after the 13th guy gets struck out. Like, why do you, why do you even go to the plate? Right. And, and just, and completely resigning yourself to legit. If I just make contact, this is a moral victory for me. Like even fouling one off would be fine. <laughs> really amazing. And uh, he's, he'll be the next, uh, he'll be the next Seiya Suzuki to, uh, to make the jump to, to major league baseball. I'm sure whenever his contract is up there, uh, Cause that got a lot of people's attention, but, but back to the U S uh, we had opening day this week, guys, finally, baseball is back. The Braves are taking on the Reds for a four game set. We've got all the pomp and circumstance of, of bringing the championship home and celebrating that before the first week of games. So we are in the midst of championship week. Unfortunately, championship week didn't get started quite the way we would have hoped. Uh, we did get to see the banner raised. We did get to see our guys out there, but, uh, the the Reds just happened to put up a better game. Uh, their pitcher, Malley, had a really great game, went five innings, no earned runs, striking out seven and only walking two. Max Freed looked okay to get started, but kind of fell off towards the end, allowing five earned runs and five and two-thirds innings. Only walked one batter, so so definitely something to build on for Max there. Uh, that first inning, though, he was, he was <laughs> amped up, clearly. He was uh, nails, yeah. I want to say he was touching 98 on the gun. Um, I believe he uh, he struck out Jonathan India, who was the first batter of the game, on three fastballs, um, which is not something we often see Max Freed do, but to come out in a game like that and and have that performance against the first batter was a lot of fun to watch. He's somebody that can, that can knock you over with velocity, but he, he's also, like, he's very finesse. You know, so to see him just bulldogging somebody and just go bam, 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 you know, hitting high 90s one after another after another, like coming right after that that World Series. Because we, we all wondered, you know, with the pitching extra couple of weeks at the end of last season and then the shortened spring training, what's he going to look like? And then to see him come out and just not backing down whatsoever was nice. And, you know, he, he kind of hit the skids in the in the later innings and things got out of hand after McHugh came in and gave up that home run. But he, he pitched a lot better than his line looked. Yeah, and the 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 thing I like, too, is is Max, as much as any other pitcher, I feel like you can watch his fastball velocity and just get a general idea of how he's feeling. Because um, I distinctly remember last year before he had to get uh, an IL stint, we were seeing his fastball dip down to to the low nineties, which is which is not like Max. Um, so to see him come out of the gate with, uh, I think he was touching ninety eight there in the first or second inning. Uh, really good to see out of him, and definitely bodes well for the rest of the season. 
No, <clears throat> no doubt. And you look at some of some of the kind of deeper stuff for Max. Like you said, it was just the one walk. The strikeouts were still there, but having cut off like a third of spring training or so, you know, <clears throat> and even for as much as you hear managers say, oh, I think we can get everybody ready in four weeks. And that's, that's great on paper until you try and do it in four weeks and you, you still see all the ill effects of that. So I'm not worried about max long-term and you know, it's the first week of the season, you know, as long as everybody's still healthy, that that's kind of the main concern. Yeah. One guy who did not appear to still be hung over from the, uh, from the world series win was Austin Riley. Went three for four on the night with with two of the Braves' three RBI. So uh, good to see him uh, get getting after it right out of the gate. Also hitting the first home run of the Braves' season, which was fun to see. I know you hated that. Oh, I hate not as much as Dylan Short, but but <laughs> I, I it was. <laughs> Riley is is just such a might be the most important guy on this team this year you know because you know that that Ozuna is going to kind of come back to to normal and Acuna's get when he comes back you know what you can expect and you've got a lot of guys that have like enough of a track record Riley was like so crucial at the end of the year because he was playing out of his mind you know I I always thought that Austin Riley was you know I always obviously you can look at him and say this guy's going to hit a lot of home runs because, you know, power comes from the lower half, and, you know, that man has uh, certainly got himself a lower half. So you know that he's going to hit 35, <laughs> 40 home runs. Fear the rear! Yeah, right? Like, uh, available now at, at whatever, you, you know. So, <laughs> but, but, like, you know, you never expect, like, I, I just remember looking at him thinking, this is not a 300 hitter. This is somebody that if he's, hit, he's hitting 35 home runs, he can hit 230 with good defense and still be somebody that's worthwhile. But if Austin Riley's like a legit 300 hitter long-term, like you're talking a top 15 player in baseball with that power and that defense, you know, it's crazy. Uh, It's nuts. Cause I think, and we've said this before, I think even the most optimistic of us when, when he first came up, thought that he would be, you know, like a, a 250 to 270 kind of guy, but he'd give you, like 25 to 35 home runs a year. And we were going to be very happy with that. That's, that's a good player. I'll take that player on my team. Absolutely. Every time. Uh, but yeah, what, what he did last year was, was just something special. And I honestly believe if he had a little bit more name recognition going into last year, that the numbers he put up would have, would have given him far better than, than seventh place MVP votes. But for somebody that even just a couple months before that, there was the big question of, is this guy even a long-term major leaguer for a lot of people? You know, because, I mean, there were a lot yeah. of people that, that would have traded Austin Riley for Jose Ramirez in a heartbeat. We you were know, going if, into the 2021 season, and we had no idea if it was going to be Austin Riley or Johan Camargo playing third right, base. Right, and and even even that is is like, you know, I, I, I'm just I'm so happy with it, and to to see the early, the early returns for the season, not just the the tank that he had on opening day, but also the the one that he just barely missed today. And he's also he's going to the opposite field. He sees the giant gap in first and second, where it's like they're shifting against you hard, and all you have to do is poke it to the right side. What does he do? He actually pokes it to the right side. He gets the runner yes. over. Like oh my god, this is this is not 
that's not an easy thing to do, you know, and, and to see the work that he put in, like, cause this is a long time coming. People remember this, the six weeks he came up and then the two years that he sucked after that. And now to see him like coming out on the other side and where he's like, is he better than he was last year? Oh my goodness. Can yeah. You, I mean, can you uh, imagine <laughs> a year ago today we were saying, Hey, you want to get Austin Riley out? Just throw him something off speed. Yep. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's got one of the best eyes on the team, if not in baseball. And he's so well protected now. Hitting between Matt Olson and Marcelo Zuna, what a great place to be. You know, oh, yeah. there's there's nowhere to go for an out there. So you got to be so careful because, dude, look, I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. Marcelo Zuna looks good. He does. He's put, I mean, uh, it. It is what it is with his off-the-field off situation, but when he's on the field, he is putting the bat on the ball, and he's hitting them hard. He hasn't is. gotten a ton of them to fall, but uh, he is really putting a hurting on the ball. I think it was one from opening day, the, the one that Malley just reflexively caught where he came right back up against him. It, it, Ozuna hit it like 105 off the bat. I mean, he yep. is, he's on it right now. Like I, I know, I get it, everybody – I, I totally understand everybody is well within their rights to hate his guts while he's on that field. If you want somebody in left, who's going to perform, he's actually going to give you that right now. So absolutely. Um, yeah. And the, the, the one other point we can't bypass this game without talking about is, uh, is a young reliever by the name of Spencer Strider. Oh Whoa. my God. I, I like, I think a lot of us had had gotten a feel for what this guy was capable of, but to see him come out and do it on a major league stage to the extent that he did on opening day was insane. Uh, he, he went two innings without allowing a hit or a walk, struck out five of the six batters he faced, and was throwing gas o- over 100 miles an hour most of the time he was out there. Like just and even describing it the way you did, I mean, it's so eye popping. Like just, just to like, oh whoa, he did what? You know, striking out five to six and everything for somebody that you know just made his debut. It started in in low A last year or in single yeah. A, and showed up and is like, it went from oh man, I'm so glad he's in here to within a couple of batters going, are you effing serious with this kid? Like. I don't, I don't know how much anybody knew about Strider before that. Like, I, I'm a draft guy, so, like, I, I was obviously tracking pretty close on that. But I, I'd never really heard too much about him. And, you know, last year the ascent was was very well noted. And I'm like, I was excited to get to watch him when I finally saw him in spring training. It was like, <laughs> oh, this is way more interesting than I thought. And then when he showed up against Cincinnati, like, by the end it was like, everybody drop everything. I'm, like, going and getting my wife out of the next room, like, honey – you need to see this dude. He looks like he just stumbled out of 1887. He looks like he's about to rob a train. <laughs> <laughs> and we've and got Cam back. Perfect. Cam. Hi! Good gracious. What happened? <laughs> it was the yeah. Catholic joke, wasn't it? It was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> they tried oh, to take God. me out. Not that's today. What, Not that's today. what's going to get us canceled finally. <laughs> It was only a matter of time. But the the thing watching Strider, even from from inside of the ballpark where I was, he, there aren't a lot of pitchers. The only one I can think of at the moment is Bruce Dargeretterall, who makes a hundred look easy. Like they're not mm-hmm. putting a ton of effort into their motion. Um, and and with him in particular, 
I remember seeing the videos from spring training. His follow through is just the most buttery smooth thing you have ever seen. Meanwhile, he's throwing balls that are hissing through the air. That little pirouette move is just like when he strikes somebody out and does that little ballet move to the side, it's like insult to injury kind of. Yeah, yeah. Not only did you get struck out, not only did you get struck out with 100 mile an hour gas, he just did a triple sow cow on the mound uh, while looking <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like his attitude like is an kind old of Western like, guy. oh, oh, here it comes. Oops. Yeah, didn't get that one, did you? Okay. <laughs> well, and for as many Braves prospects, like the whole rebuild was built around pitching, right? And for as many guys like Soroka came up and he dominated pretty much instantly, but he dealt with injury stuff. And Ian was like, there have been so many guys like Tukey and Malt, like they, they show it at the beginning. And it's like, yeah, but there was a little bit of, I don't know, I'm not fully buying into what this guy could do. I want to see it for two or three more starts. No, after two innings with Strider, I'm like, nope, he's our ace. Put him ahead of Max. I don't care. I would I would follow Spencer Strider <laughs> into war. Whatever, dude. I want him to start that sixth game that's coming up, the second game of the Washington series. Just put him out there for five innings. I just want to see him throw 100 for like an hour. You, you know, I, I heard – a lot of people in the stadium today when when the Braves went to the bullpen kind of wondering out loud why isn't Spencer Strider in the game and I have a feeling that that you might get your wish there doc I think he and y'all's boy Tucker Davidson might be looking to piggyback situation on Tuesday yeah and I mean uh, Ian had a rough outing so uh, maybe maybe we go seven man rotation for a couple of weeks who knows <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, maybe new Julio goes on the IL with a, with a foot blister, and Tucker Davidson steps into the <laughs> new <laughs> Julio. This fool called him new Julio. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the spice we've been missing on this show. Oh, I should have brought that take to color cast. I'm about to get cooked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Braves start the season 0-1, but rebound pretty effectively. Uh, luckily, they, they got to face uh, someone by the name of San Martin pitching for the Reds in Game 2 of the series and only made it through two and a third, allowing five earned runs. Meanwhile, Charlie Morton on the other side went five and a third, allowing two earned runs, five strikeouts, a walk. Looked fantastic. It was really good to see Charlie out there looking like Charlie in his first start since breaking his leg in the World Series. Yeah, I mean, he's this—he—he's the steady force that we all hoped that we were going to be getting when we first initially signed him uh, season before offseason before last. So it's certainly nice to see that that's still playing true even after the injury in the World Series. It's it, Yeah, it's definitely nice to know that that once every five or six games, if your team can put up, you know, three or four runs, you're probably going to win that game. Everything past just the general influence of Charlie, because that's the main, the biggest thing you hear now is like, you know, he's still, he can still throw gas. He's got the elite curveball, and he's like the perfect example for your Max Reeds and your Kyle Wrights and your Ian Andersons, you know? Yeah, yeah. They were gushing about his locker room presence on the broadcast for sure. 
Because he's been he's been every you know he's been every possible aspect of anything you can be you know he was the highly touted prospect he was the bust he was injured he and then he was like the late career resurgent kind of guy you know yeah. journeyman almost yeah. yeah I mean he was he was kind of nothing for a long time and then figured it out and now it's like he's a master class on on why you should never really give up. And yeah, first, I I remember he was pitching in Pittsburgh when I lived up there, and they couldn't wait to get him out of town. And now you look at somebody like Kyle Wright, where it's like, huh? Have you struggled a lot? Do you do you feel like your you know your confidence is directly tied to your ability as a baseball player? Huh? Maybe you should t- you should hang out with Charlie Morton for a little bit. You know, <laughs> possibly you could learn something from this guy. Yeah, come on, young buck. Let Uncle Charlie tell you something. <laughs> I like how you give Charlie Morton like a Ron Washington voice. Um, so, okay. So I, one thing I didn't mention on last week's episode about my time down in Florida and the spring training game that I saw, um, standing over the bullpen as Charlie Morton warmed up, this one like little kid comes over to the fence and he's like, Charlie, will you sign my baseball? And Charlie like kind of cuts his eyes at him and goes, I'm warming up. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and then just starts throwing his warm-up pitches. It was great. <laughs> just like the most nonchalant, yeah, I'm warming up. I'll be right back. So uh, because because you told that story, um, <laughs> my wife always asked me when I was going to tell this story on the podcast because uh, oh, no. it's probably my most embarrassing baseball story. Um, so we went to a Braves-Cubs game uh sorry no braves white Sox game in chicago one time and having a great time um evan gaddis tossed me one of the warm-up balls uh when before they started the game um and you know i'm all excited and uh imbibing quite a bit uh so we're making our rounds around the stadium and we get over to the bullpen and i see the guys and they're all just sitting there and mind you it's Yes, it's the middle of the game. And I was too drunk to realize that this was not the right situation for it. So I'm leaning I'm leaning over the wall next to the bullpen and I see them and I, I holler at Craig Kimbrell and and he, I hold up a baseball thinking that he'll sign it for me. So I swear to God and my wife will back me up on this. He makes the universal signal putting his hands up for toss me the ball. So I toss him the ball and everybody in the bullpen looks at the ball and Craig Kimbrell gets up, picks up the ball, walks it back over to the fence, says, we don't sign in the middle of games. (laughs) And I want, I, there, there is, there's not machinery that's been invented to dig a hole deep enough for me to have been satisfied when I crawled into it and died. Like <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds a lot like my Don Sutton story from Chop Fest a few years ago. Have I told that story on the show? I don't recall, but go okay. ahead and tell it again. Okay, so since we're telling most embarrassing baseball stories, uh Chop Fest, I don't know, three, four seasons ago. Uh I go up to like one of the Braves media rooms upstairs where they're doing a quote unquote press conference that like fans can sit in and listen into, which was cool. And so we step into the room 
my wife and I got there kind of late, so they're winding things up. And toward the back of the room, I noticed, hey, there's Don Sutton. Awesome. I'm going to ask him for a picture. So they finish up the little press conference. Everybody starts to disperse. He's shaking hands with a couple of guys. Hey, how you doing? That sort of thing. And I walk over and I say, Mr. Sutton. He goes, yes, sir. I say, could I have a picture with you? And he goes, no, I don't really do that. Have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) And so I landed on my back and crawled out of the room in that fashion. Oh god! All right, Doc. All right, we told ours. What's your most embarrassing well, at baseball least, story? At, at least your story wasn't a result of you doing something blatantly stupid. That's fair. That's you fair. you just you just had bad luck. That's fair. So, Doc, embar- give us an embarrassing baseball story. Make us okay. feel better about ourselves. Okay, so I actually I wore the shirt for this earlier today. So they every year they do a race at the Braves Country 5K. Actually, they they used to do it. I, I don't know for sure if they still do it. It's just a 5K. Starts and ends at the stadium. They'll get a little path around, you know, the streets right around the stadium. I think this was 2014. My my wife and I, uh, or no, excuse me, it was 2016 rather, because uh, we were firmly in the rebuild when this happened. My wife and I signed up for the race. When you sign up for the race, you get the chance to go to a game as well. Part of your the price of admission is you get tickets. We chose the very next day when the Braves were playing the Cubs, and this was. I think this was the same year that the Cubs won the World Series and the Braves were into their rebuild. So you can imagine how the game ended. But we did not know this at the time. Foolishly optimistic. We'd run the race on Saturday. We'd go down to the stadium for the game on Sunday. Well, it was June. It was pretty humid, as tends to happen in Georgia. And I just threw caution to the wind, and I wore a very thin pair of shorts. Well... We're sitting in the stadium, and John Gant, I remember, started, and I think Javi Baez did a lot of damage in this game. And I remember at one point sitting there thinking, man, it is really, really freaking hot right now. And I'm just dying. I've got, like, the undershirt and the jersey, which is, you know, might as well be made of freaking polyester, and my, my very thin shorts. And I stand up like I'm about to go to the bathroom at some point in the second inning, and I basically, it's like, you know that sound where it's like Velcro peeling off from each other? It was like my very thin shorts and and the seat, right? (laughs) So, and at that moment, I realized, like, why did the back of my pants feel so much heavier than the front? And that's when I realized I have sweat completely completely through my pants and I might as well have just submerged myself in a puddle like from the exact back half of this now so this is not necessarily the problem just having a wet butt when you're at the stadium right well we're getting smoked it's like 10 to 3 in the fourth and everything like the back half of my legs are starting to blister and I'm like I need to get out right so then me and my, my pond shorts, you know, I take my jersey off and I basically have to tie it around my waist like I'm a, like I'm a sorority girl, like leaving a party or something. And, uh, and I wound up having to go back to the car. We had, to, we had built into our daily routine that day that we were going to stop at the grocery store on the way back from the stadium. So I'm like in – I'm on 285 in the passenger seat. I've taken my shorts off at this point. And I'm like holding them in front of the AC trying to dry them out enough to where I can actually go be seen in public wearing wearing my uh, 
uh, wearing my pants. So yeah, that's basically the best thing I got is I sweat through my clothes at a Braves game and, and we got <laughs> fucking killed by the Cubs. <laughs> Doc just got swamp ass at a game. <laughs> well, it was, it was either, I could either tell you that story or it was the story of my entire minor league career, which was basically one giant embarrassing thing as well. You, so, time out. I was completely unaware that you had a minor league career. Well, uh, when I say minor league, I should say little league. It ended when I was 11. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> you said minor yeah, league. Might, I drank a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this episode's going great. I'm, yeah. I'm like, tremendous. Holy shit, dog played professional baseball. Even when I said it, I was like, that's not right. Roll with it. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. That <laughs> that was going to be a, a uh, like another 30-minute dissertation. <laughs> Did we give up when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Germans? Let him go. He's on a roll. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we were talking about game two of the Red Series. Uh, oh, yeah. Like we said, Charlie Morton looked great. We got our, uh, we got our first real look at the bullpen. And uh, Minter came out, allowed a run, had a rough outing. Will Smith and Tyler Matzik came out and looked exactly how you would want them to look. Uh, each of them got through an inning unscathed. Will Smith threw 13 pitches. Matzik threw seven. That's a pretty good inning. And then we got our first look at Kenley Jansen. I should start by saying we won the game. We won the game, so all's well that ends well. But Kenley Jansen throws the ninth inning, allows three hits, three earned runs, strikes out one. So, uh, I, I mean, first outing, he had uh, an even more abbreviated spring training than than everybody else. I, I don't think we can look that much into it, but certainly not what we were all hoping to see in Kenley Jansen's first outing as a Brave. Uh, I don't know. It felt like he was certainly getting Babbitt to death. Like, it seemed like every little hit was hit somewhere where somebody just wasn't, um, usually because of the shift. So, I don't know. I think he had a lot of pressure on himself more than anything. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm still confident in him, but I, I know a lot of Braves fans – had some feelings after that game because he looked a whole lot like the Will Smith that we were complaining a lot about at the beginning of last year. You figure everybody would have just been kind of used to that roller coaster after, <laughs> after the end of last year. Well, I, I mean, gotta... Will Smith and then Luke Jackson before him. And, you know, we, we have a history of, uh, of, of heart rate increasing relievers. Hey, remember Jeff Johnson? Jeff Johnson? Jim Johnson. There we go. Oh, Jim Johnson. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and uh. Rodas, him and Arotus Vizcaino. Oh, Man, I thought Vizcaino was gonna be the guy. I really did. Of course I said the same thing about Jason Grilly when we picked him up. <laughs> I was I was a huge Jason Grilly guy. Yeah, I mean I I, I was too. Um I I, I for a period of time there. He was fun to watch in Pittsburgh, I'll say that. Um, he, he wasn't too bad, right? Like he was he was one shredded ACL in in cores away from getting us some type of prospect in 2015. You yeah, know? that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Plus, he had he had one of the most intimidating like pitching stances you've ever seen, where he basically just stood up straight on the mound and stared at you, and then I, he pitched, and it was I, great. I swear they must have been teaching that to that Pittsburgh pitching staff because Mark Melanson, who was on that same staff with him, is another one of those guys that has that really intimidating kind of just square to the plate, staring you straight down before he winds up kind of stances. And then he went to San Diego and had so much postseason success. It's not so much funny. It's um, It's great. (laughs) Tremendous. Uh, It still hurts, Cam. Give me a break. Um, Hey, we sold a bunch of San Diego t-shirts. We we did. We did. We sold t-shirts to Padres fans. Um, (laughs) So going into the game. And we can sell t-shirts to Diamondback fans now, too. Uh, Forget it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think one one team removed has to be the limit. (laughs) Oh, we're going like the cousin rule or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is the cousin rule? Like the cousin twice. I know you're from eye. rural North Carolina, so, so look, when I hear the cousin rule, I get nervous. Look, I'm from the sl- south, but I'm not from that far south. Okay. <laughs> I have to slap one of those little e stickers on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's gonna happen. So let's get into game three of the Red Series. Kyle Wright. I think that I think our recap's over. That's that's uh, pretty much it. It's the Kyle Wright game. It's about time. Went went six innings, didn't allow a run, only walked one batter, struck out six. Just a phenomenal outing. Did that all on seventy six pitches, by the way. Two hits and six innings. I mean, what more could you possibly want out of the guy? Um, he looked just like the pitcher that we saw in the World Series, um, and it. You know, it's early in the season, but it's it's pushing a lot of us to believe that we're starting to see the potential in Kyle Wright that we've always talked about. Yeah, I mean, he looked phenomenal. And I I, I do think, as we kind of alluded to earlier, it, it may be a confidence issue, it, which w- it may that might have been it all along. But it certainly seems like he has he has found something. Um, he 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 just I don't know. He looked like a different guy last night in that game and i was i'm all here for it absolutely and and another guy that we got to look at that we hadn't seen in a couple of years was darren o'day now sporting the he 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 heard cam's request and brought back the mustache but he also brought a full beard along with it Uh, as i alluded to he had the power of the mustache but now that he has the beard (laughs) <laughs> he was, he looked he looked fantastic and and adding that kind of sidearm funky delivery with a guy who's going good into this bullpen sounds great because Luke Jackson appears to be out for the year now. If they're so willing to give the the, the thing that struck me <clears throat> about O'Day was was that Snit went to him in the eighth and I and I know that they've got fourteen games in fourteen days coming out of the shoot. You come out of condensed spring training, so you're going to get some guys getting getting innings in some weird spots. But just that's another another high leverage guy. When you look at somebody like Tyler Thornburg, who's like the first guy out of the pen, Tyler Thornburg is nasty. He's got no business pitching the sixth. You know what I mean? That's somebody that should be getting meaningful deep innings. Darren O'Day, he was nasty. They let him pitch the eighth inning. You know, even even Newcomb. You know, I know that he got like the third, fourth, and fifth today, but he looked good. He actually looked pretty good today. You know what I mean? This this bullpen, I know Kenley was rough. That was a 
was a good outing by O'Day and just a, a good statement on just the state of the pen. Anybody, anytime, for any reason can come in and shut people down. Even though well, you saw like McHugh today. Yeah. You know? I mean, when when every single guy in our pen, when they're going good, they're they could be ninth inning guys. Like all of them. It's crazy. Every last one of them. <laughs> Every single one of them. It's nuts. It's not even like last year where, like, oh God, we're losing by 10. Let's bring in Josh Tomlin. Like, we don't <laughs> we don't have that guy now. Everybody's a threat in there. Even like Newcomb is Josh Tomlin now. And that version of him today, look, I know he gave up the home run to Stevenson, but he looked he looked good. Like he, he struck did. out Votto on three pitches right before he gave up that home run to Stevenson. Like, I'm not saying this is the year. It could, it could be that he Newcomb finally realizes, like, okay, maybe maybe now that I'm 37, it's time to stop screwing <laughs> around or whatever. But like, back to the point at hand. I just I want to make make this point about Kyle Wright real quick. So I obviously when when we were talking about this week in baseball history, I kind of tipped my hand about how I feel about Kyle Wright versus Ian Anderson. But like, and and it's easy to to look back at Game Four of last year and say. That was when Kyle Wright turned the corner. I remember during game two. Game two of the World Series was a throwaway. We were down 7-2. to two. That was Max's bad game. Wright came in and pitched like the seventh inning, and he struck out the side. And I remember texting my buddy, the Braves options guy, and being like, dude, we need to talk about Kyle Wright. And he's like, nah, I don't think so. I'm like, no, 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 no. You, you don't understand. I don't Because that was the first time I'd, I'd seen Kyle pitch after Gwinnett. I'm like, this is different. This is totally different than what we saw before. And then he came out and did the game four stuff. And then he came out and did what he did the other day. I'm like, I am, I am so bought in. Like, he's got Bryce Wilson's mentality with Kyle Wright's stuff. The problem with Bryce Wilson was never approach. He was not afraid to try and go after somebody. The problem was he wasn't talented enough to hit his spots, but he had the mindset better than anybody. And Kyle Wright, it's just like, all I have to do is, is trust my stuff. Kyle's stuff always got undersold because he could never really use it. And now I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, if he can be anything, he doesn't have to be amazing. If he's amazing, of course, it's going to be great. But even if he's just somebody that goes goes out and wins nine games this year, like what a boon for this rotation. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're almost overwhelmed with with players that that are currently major league threats. But in addition to that, we have so many of these potential guys that we only really need a couple of them to work out to, to fill out the roster. Like this is a a phenomenal place for this team to be. I don't even really know what to do with myself because I'm not used to this. Doc brought up Bryce Wilson, and now I am sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got – there's this guy named Bryce Elder now, right? You guys have heard about Bryce Elder. He, he yes. started the – Yeah. Like, he's – Dylan and I used to talk a lot about where Bryce Elder looks like he's kind of like the best-case scenario for Bryce Wilson, like, now. You know, we we wound up getting Richard Rodriguez for four good weeks – or before he just completely fell off the map and traded him for Bryce Wilson. And then we replaced him with like a better Bryce Wilson. So you don't have to be all sad about him. <laughs> you, you well, there's another Bryce on deck. You'll be fine. That's right. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we took two out of the first three of the series going into the, uh, the, the Sunday game today. Uh, 
it was bark at the park i had fun i hope you guys checked out my timeline we had lots of fun hudson pictures up there that was great um the game not as much uh ian anderson had a rough start only got through two and two thirds was credited with uh with five earned runs only struck out one the most alarming piece of his line was the five walks um it was it was really really just an ugly first outing for ian anderson got to see more out of him soon the trouble was we were also facing hunter green uh this guy's good um he's a he was a prospect for the reds making his first start in the major leagues and much like uh spencer strider who we talked about at length earlier was touching 100 miles an hour plus most of the game um and and really was in command of our lineup for the majority of it i for one am shocked that a rookie pitcher dominated us (laughs) i remember even saying to my wife like this guy that that's pitching against the Braves, no one's ever heard of him, but he's he could probably dominate us. And sure enough, he's one of those unicorn guys that was throwing like one hundred two in high school. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he he was one of those where you're looking at it going, "How long can you really keep this up?" And and a couple of years ago, he had Tommy John and all the hundred green truthers are like, "Oh, I told you so." And now it's like he comes out today and he's throwing one hundred and one again, and like he's hitting corners. Like, oh man, Hunter Green's gonna be a problem. Um, no. I don't remember He's his good. name, Doc. You might remember his name. Who's the guy pitching for Tennessee right now that's throwing ben, like 104 regularly? Ben Joyce. Ben Joyce. What, what is this person? Like, I, how Tennessee's how? entire staff is just loaded, 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 and Ben Joyce. You know, they gave him the yeah. He's the the volunteer fireman, and and this this guy is legit. Like he's hitting Chapman speeds, and it doesn't have that that same same ease like you were ta- talking before about like Strider. You know where where it's oh no, like, he's he's pushing it one hundred four. I mean, and and it, it's truthfully amazing that that you ha- that you're like able to debate like who's really trying as hard as they can when they're hitting triple digits. Like it, the answer should be everybody. You know, but like it's it's crazy. But yeah, these these guys like the the amount of training that they can do now. Like I, you know, I hit sixty four at the county fair a couple of years ago, and I'm just like <laughs> hanging up, hanging up my glove. Um, yeah, it's nuts. And these guys are so mature at such young age. Like Hunter Green, you know, they're they're in a different team. Excuse me, a different division. So I'm not nearly as concerned. But it's it's almost one of those things where it's like the Degrom level thing, where you see somebody that's dealing like that, where it's like. I hate to lose today, but I get to witness a, a great pitching performance by somebody who I've seen all of these batters do amazing things. Like it's not lost on me how talented somebody like that is, what they're doing at, the, at that particular time. So you hate hate to lose the game, and I hope we don't see him again for the rest of the season, man. Like I yeah, but, but stuff. The, but hats off to to him for for doing what he did in his major league debut against the defending champions. Like this was not some knock around lineup he was facing. Yeah, it wasn't just nine John Nagowski's that just got retired. <laughs> uh, but we did get to see Matt Olson's first home run as a Brave. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely laced it on a frozen rope to dead center field. And then, as Doc mentioned earlier, we got the great outing from Colin McHugh. He went two and a third, striking out five on 35 pitches. Yeah, the bullpen's bullpen's crazy, guys. Oh, you mean Colin McNuggets? 
<laughs> I, I was at the game. I wasn't listening. So please give me a breakdown of uh, of that call. A uh, friend of the show, Ben Ingram, of course, was calling the game today and uh, made the comment, talking to Joe as McHugh was warming up. He said, you know, Joe, did you know that on your iPhone, you know how everything autocorrects? Did you know that McHugh autocorrects to McNuggets? <laughs> just tremendous on-air content oh man <laughs> i laughed so hard he had no idea well now i want them to make that a thing and like every game find the most ridiculous player name and see what it autocorrects to and just drop that in there uh guys can i just suggest that colin mcnuggets be a chatting average shirt can you do that cam anything is possible with adobe anything is possible see i don't i don't know where you're getting into copyright infringement there but (laughs) oh oh we we jumped over that line by copyright infringement left and right i have i have long said that the day we receive a cease and desist i will frame it by McDonald's wait. is probably I don't know if you guys have the lawyers to to wait that one out in court, but I mean just the publicity Ooh, yeah. would be great for you guys. See if oh, it was sure. if it was like Colin himself, I think he I, I think he'd just be like, Hey guys, please stop. But yeah, <laughs> McDonald's lawyers are probably pretty good. I, I would I would assume so. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that does it for our wrap up of the Braves first series. They have started the season two and two. Uh, and that does it for our time here with Doc. Doc, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Guys, I, I've had such a blast. I would like to apologize if I if I shot off at the mouth too much. I, I have really <laughs> missed talking about baseball. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I've had just a blast. And I, I love y'all. I love y'all show. Y'all know that. So um, thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, yeah, I, w- I would come back anytime you will have me. Well, uh, we will keep that in our back pocket for sure. But uh, but for tonight, thank you very much. And, uh, and we look forward to whenever the next time is. Say the word. Thank you, gentlemen. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the Chatting Average Podcast. All right. So we're going to take a look at the week ahead for the Braves. We start on Monday with the series against Washington. We got a three game set against them. Uh, don't know a ton about the pitchers that we're going to be seeing, uh, but we have Wasker. I know on the bump for the first game against Washington, it's a seven twenty start. That'll be the big ring giveaway night. So, you know, it's going to be a packed house. Hopefully we get to see a little bit of the, I that started the season last year before getting hurt. Yeah, for sure. Um, it- it can't be understated how big Enoa was for the Braves last year. You know, much like Ronald having an incredible first half that really kept the Braves in contention. Enoa, for quite a time, was our best member of the rotation. And yeah, then for, for a month or two, made a he bad was decision. the best pitcher and, on the Braves. Right, and right. Then and then made a bad decision. Bench. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, time... Time heals all wounds, Alex. And so I'm hoping that, you know, we'll be able Including to recapture that hands. spark. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, Tuesday, we've got another 720 start. Uh, we don't have an announced starter for the Braves yet. So that is the spot where we're thinking we could see one or both of Spencer Strider or Tucker Davidson. Maybe, maybe both. It'd be nice. I'd like to, I'd like to see Tucker get a start, but I'd also like to see a lot more of Spencer Strider. So give us both. That'll be fun. Uh, Wednesday is going to be a getaway day for Washington. We have a 12:20 start. 
Max Fried taking the hill again, going up against Josiah Gray, who we got to see a little bit for the Nationals last year. And uh, as I recall, gave us a good bit of trouble. That's uh, that's a kid that's going to turn into a really good pitcher. Yeah, I, you know, this isn't – while the Nationals are not going to be very good this year, they're, this isn't a team that it just is talentless. There are still members on this roster that are going to hurt you, and Josiah is one of them. Like, this, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, obviously a big part of the Trey Turner and Max Scherzer trade. Uh, and we got a, an early look last season at, at why he was worth that. Uh, so that'll do it for the Washington series. And guys, I know we're a Braves podcast, but we have friends all over the country that root for all kinds of different teams. Wait a second. What are you doing? Cam. Yes. Sam. Yes. Sam. Cam. Whoa. <laughs> We've got I Sam Neer back on the show. What's up? How's our, it going? Our our resident Padres uh, uh, correspondent. That's a that's a that's a catchy name. Yeah. You're, tell I you what, Sam. Official. <laughs> yeah, put that in your bio. You're, yeah, you're right. our official Padres correspondent. I mean, you have me in your bio still, so it's only I, fair. I think you're in ours. Yeah. Yeah, the number one dad joke podcast in the world. Uh, oh, and and boy. it's 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 a title we don't take lightly. Uh, we do our best to earn that title each and every week. Yeah, we don't take it lightly because it weighs heavily on my mind every single day I see it. <laughs> so, uh, so we've got a four-game set against the Padres starting this Thursday. Uh, we've got Charlie Morton on the mound, which I know we feel good about. How are you feeling about Musgrove in 2022? I'm feeling good. So, yes, so beginning of the last game was a little shaky for him, but seemed to figure it out, so feeling good also just hometown hero starting the home opener it's gonna go well for him uh i hope not yeah um that's a, <laughs> that's the, last thing, the last thing we want is to waste a charlie morton start here's our secret weapon our secret weapon comes at you friday we talked about this extensively with uh our friend doc earlier uh we've got kyle wright starting the friday game it's uh it's gonna be a 9 40 eastern start time and we don't know who the Padres are going to be starting in that spot yet. But um, if if the Kyle Wright that was that showed up in Atlanta yesterday is is anything like the Kyle Wright that shows up in in San Diego, you're you're going to have a game ahead of you, Sam. So you like Kyle Wright Day? Yes, Kyle Wright Day is a wonderful day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how to think. We don't know so, who's going Friday. Yeah, I guess my question for you is who who are like, who are some of the guys that, that y'all would slot into an open day like that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it was supposed to be Snell until that weird stuff happened this morning. So, Oh, yeah, he did get pulled from his start today, didn't he? Yeah, so it would have been his spot. But he's apparently having tightness from the same injury he had last year. So that's that's not great. Um, there is a Fun! Ch- that's 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 it's fine though it's just more time he can spend on twitch giving us amazing sound bites exactly that's all we need from him yeah yeah uh we could call it Mackenzie gore for his debut he's been looking good had a great triple a start friday We've been hearing so. that name for years and uh yeah that that would be that would be kind of fun to see although we just came off of a game where we lost pretty soundly to a guy making his major league debut so maybe save that for your next series yeah uh, no i I like what I'm hearing from that, so maybe you, maybe you do that. 
All right. The Saturday game is an afternoon game, a 4.05 start on Fox Sports 1. We've got Ian Anderson going for the Braves up against Nick Martinez for the Padres. Um, I didn't know the name Nick Martinez until I just said it out loud, Sam. So uh, (laughs) educate me on this guy. So, yeah, so he came up in the major leagues. He wasn't great. Uh, Just recently was pitching in Japan. But then Preller decided to bring him back. Apparently, he's got good stuff. I'm I'm not the go-to guy to know that stuff, but I believe everything I see on Twitter. So oh, I fair think enough. he will fair be a Cy Young winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are definitely the go-to guy uh, for what's coming up next. What's coming up next is the big ESPN Sunday night baseball <laughs> game. 7 o'clock start. We've got Waskar Ainoa on the, on the mound for the Braves. And who else pitching for the San Diego <laughs> Padres but Mr. Sam Neer himself? Yes, I'm feeling very locked in. After the last start, I gave up no hits and six innings, so no reason I can't keep that going. (laughs) For those of you who are wondering what in the hell I'm talking about right now, (laughs) uh, Sam bears a little bit of a resemblance to you, Darvish. (laughs) So much so that uh, the RotoWare site has begun making memes about it. (laughs) (laughs) I tricked him into thinking he got a package from you, Darvish, also. Did you actually do that? Oh, yeah. I put my name. He knew I was sending one, but then he got excited. <laughs> it was actually him. My favorite story. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, and, and you know, going from Sunday into Monday is going to be a pretty drastic shift for you, Sam, at least in your opinion of uh, of the Atlanta Braves, because as soon as we get done with the San Diego Padres, we are heading right to Los Angeles for a three-game Ooh. set against the Dodgers. So lifelong Brace fan over here rooting for you guys those weeks. <laughs> that That is a recorded clip that I reserve the right to play as <laughs> many times as, as I want uh, during this Braves-Padres series. Wonderful. Yes. I mean, not worse Love than it. what's been on Twitter before, so I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Any any other uh, any other surprises in your lineup for us that uh, maybe we're not used to seeing from you guys? I mean, as you can probably see now, Jerkson Profar is on his way to winning the MVP to <laughs> home runs with the Grand Slam. <laughs> um, ah, yes, the Jerkson Profar MVP season. We've yes. been we've been waiting to see it. Exactly. Everyone was complaining about left field, but I think that's our most solid position right now is Profar in left field. Um, and then. Hosmer's on his usual first week or two tear, uh, just as Joe Seppi called Eric Hosmer is a great player in the first two weeks. <laughs> no, thank you, Joe. Um, um, you guys laugh, but when he comes out as the starting pitcher on Friday night for the Padres, <laughs> oh, he's going to no. shock the world. Okay? Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, they're they're going to have someone just in like a black mask. He's going to get on the mound, and he's going to take the mask off. And Chris Paddock's going to be back. Oh, no. Back as a UPS <laughs> It was me, driver. Austin. <laughs> it was me all along. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, so uh, we will talk more about that Dodger series as we get into the next episode, but uh, that's going to do it for our preview of the week upcoming for the Braves. We want to thank Sam for being here. Uh, We also want to remind you that today's episode of Chatting Average is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out, whether online or on social. 
Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram or Twitter and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K, spelled like sports drink, just without the vowels. All we ask that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Sam? Yes. Close the door behind you. Okay. On it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. But before we go, while we have Sam on the line, we've got a voicemail from friend of the show, Joe Seppi. Haven't heard from him. Haven't heard from him since we did the uh, the big Giuseppe Christmas episode. So I am uh, I'm very interested to see what is going on in the uh, in the world of everyone's favorite trucker. Let's see what Joe's got for us here. Oh no! Is this is this even chatting average? I didn't hear the usual dulcet tones of one Riley's rakes, Austin Riley's rakes, or whatever you call yourself on the internet. <laughs> If this is not chatting average, then just please disregard everything except for uh, my handle at underscore Giuseppe on Twitter, at underscore Giuseppe underscore on TikTok. Uh, like and like and subscribe to everything. But other than that, don't listen to any of this because you're going to be super confused. I'm trying to leave a voicemail for like the most mediocre podcast in the history of baseball podcasts. And I think I might have been given false information by one Sam Nayer. Whoa, whoa. Nayer? Nayer? Nair. And I just, I'm, I'm flustered right now. I'm driving through Missouri. I'm, uh, oh God, it's 65 degrees. It's beautiful. I love it here. I'm in shorts and like boat shoes. Because I am a real flat better. Does this have the three-minute time limit? I didn't get a warning. <laughs> this whole thing is just off the rails. Not a fan. Please fix this immediately. Is Sam going to be on the show today? Again, I want to tell him something. Sam, extend Hosmer. Thank you. <laughs> First place, obviously, undefeated. So just enjoy looking up the rest of the year. Uh, if the person I called is a Mets fan by chance, then hell yeah, brother. <laughs> God, this, this is not good. I hope this isn't the FBI. like some kind of number for leaving anonymous tips. I don't have any of those. <sighs> That's what she said. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to hang up in a panic now. Bye. <laughs> well, the joke's on Joe if this is a mediocre podcast because he's been like half of our content. Since we started. <laughs> so his argument would be that without him, though, we would not be where we are. We'd be below mediocre. Yeah. That's right. That's that said, we are not extending Hosmer. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> you guys are going to trade him to the Mets <laughs> there we go that will make him happy but uh, I mean we can remember this as the one time that Joe called and he was actually able to uh, run his mouth to us about the Mets being in first place that's true yeah bookmark it well that's that's another clip we need to save Cam yes. our archives are filling up right now <laughs> content gold yes that's right <laughs> like metal baby <laughs> Well, Joe, always good to hear from you. Stay safe out on the roads there. 
that's going to do it for this episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. I do have one more thing. I'm sorry. What? What? I made a promise to a friend that I would shout him out at least three times during this episode. Ferdy raps. Did it was not him. <laughs> it didn't happen yet, so I'm just gonna do it right now. Jeff Donahue, Jeff Donahue, Jeff Donahue. Thank you. Oh God. Oh God, he just showed up. He's right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. He's probably on his rocker. Like you can get away. <laughs> not okay. Seriously, though, not going to lie, I was waiting for his name to pop up on the call when that happened. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, I was waiting for this to be the most like, what elaborate are you people doing to me? <laughs> Beetlejuice joke ever. Guys, can can I end the show now? Oh, oh wow, yeah. All yeah, right, cool. I've had my time. Well, then yeah. that, that, in fact, is going to do it for this episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. For Cam Matthews, for Doc Herbert, for Sam Neer. I, I guess for Jeff Donahue, uh, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye. Adios. This has been the Chatting Average Podcast, brought to you by Sports Drink. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode.